richness and your grace, your blessing, Lord, the fact that you use us in your ministry, that you want to use us to bring glory to your name. Lord, never let us get over that. We thank you that you, the Holy Spirit has freedom to bring back words and preaching and Bible to us to help us in situations. We thank you for your work in health situations that we've been praying for. Lord, we're thankful for the unseen things. We're thankful for the things that we can see and able to enjoy just a few moments with the Newberger family and their new little one. Lord, we just praise you for your blessings in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Bad habit there. Forgive me. Oh, uh, Joe. Joe, that's enough. No more. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. We've got three more of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, We could say fruits because they are multifaceted, yet they are connected one to another. You cannot have, uh, you cannot just go through and pick and choose which ones you would like to have. And the hard ones, the ones that are a little more difficult, Okay, well, I'll work on those later. I mean, we all like love, joy, and peace. That long-suffering, let's let that one for someone else. Amen? No. Uh, If you're going to have love, joy, and peace, it will automatically bring long-suffering in your life. The ability to suffer long or patience. Then last time we were together on this subject, we talked about gentleness. And And I'll tell you, as I... Just looked up the word and and come and uh, the definition and how the word is used in the history, the idea of being high born, of being a gentleman. Who could be more high born than God? Uh, and He wants us to act like Him. That's what gentleness is about. How gentle is God with us? I mean. We read in the Old Testament where God told Moses, just get out of the way and let me wipe them out. I mean, that passage Peter dealt with in our Sunday school this morning. Now, why do you think God said that? Don't you think it was because he wanted to develop gentleness on the part of Moses? So that Moses would be more patient and more caring with the children of Israel, knowing what the ultimate result of their sin just might be in dealing with uh, in their sin against a holy God. I mean, that's what gentleness is, is it not? It is behaving in such a way to encourage others. And then we come to probably the one that we would not disdain, but... We would think that we got a handle on this one. If any of the fruit of the Spirit, surely goodness is something that uh, we could deal with. I mean, I didn't go out and murder someone or some horrible thing this past week. I'm a pretty good guy. Is that what the word goodness means? How many think you accomplished something good this past week? Peter, take him out. But let me just read you the the definition of the word goodness. 
the quality or condition of being good. It's not just doing something good. It's being that way. The quality or condition. And then definition 1A says, of persons, moral excellence, virtue, occasionally used plural, good qualities. Definition 2, moral excellence, as displayed in one's relation to others, as an attribute of deity, infinite benevolence, a desire for the happiness of all created beings, also the manifestation of this beneficence, or helping others, doing good to others. It's interesting here, it says, an attribute of deity said also of Christ and the Virgin Mary. It's what the Oxford English Dictionary, they don't get everything right, all right? Uh, Because Christ is deity, uh, Mary is not. But the way it is used in the English language by people who use the English language would... uh, uh, would be would be there, and that's why it's the way it is. But moral excellence, as displayed in one's relations to others, goodness. It is a state or quality. It's not something you put on. It's not something you try to do or accomplish. Boy, fr- uh, Friday night at the banquet. I was praying hard and practicing and uh, because I have not played my saxophone very often and, and I was supposed to do a special Friday night and boy, I'll tell you, in the practice room it was making noises no saxophone ought to make and uh, praise the Lord, it went off good Friday night. It turned out well. Uh, that's not goodness. Uh, that was more uh, luck and just... Uh, God's blessing uh, than anything else. I shouldn't use the word luck. God did bless and it turned out right. But uh, I want us to turn to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, this is what I mean by allowing the Bible to define uh, words. And we're just going to do a little word study tonight. The word good in all of its forms is used over 850 times. I did not, do not remember the exact count in your King James Bible. Uh, that's a lot of times. And uh, what we're going to do is just look at Genesis 1-4. And God saw the light that it was what? Good. How many of you like light? I mean, I love to be able to turn on the lights. But... Sunlight is so much better, is it not? I mean, you can have a dark, dusty room that's been closed up and you just open the windows and let in the sun and what happens? The sunlight kills that musty odor. How does it do that? Well, it destroys the little living organisms that are producing the stink. And and the uh, light is an incredible thing. And we could spend the whole night just talking about light. But God said, it was good. Look at verse 10. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. How many of you have ever stood on the seashore and enjoyed the beauty of watching the waves? 
or even a lake or uh, a stream or a river. How many of you enjoyed looking at the mountains? And by the way, we did put some of those pictures together from Montana. I just haven't got them up here on the screen yet. I'll do that some Sunday night, uh, try to soon. Uh, I love looking at the beauty of God's earth. God said, it is good. It is good. And let's go down to verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and tree yielding fruit whose seed is in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 18. To rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Talking about the sun and the moon and the stars. And we come down to verse 21. And God created great whales and every living creature. That moveth, moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 25. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 31. And God saw everything that he hath made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So, you want to talk about what is good and what isn't. God said, I created the earth, and it was good. The earth takes care of itself. Just uh, 25, 30 years ago, I guess it's a little more than that now. Uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s, about 40 years ago, they pronounced Lake Erie dead. The huge lake that goes around between Detroit and down above Cleveland there. They said the pollution and all of the things that had happened, that it was dead. There was still a few fish in there, but you couldn't eat them. Do you know that today, one of the greatest products of Lake Erie is perch for the dinner table? Now, was it because mankind did all of these things? No, he just stopped polluting. And the lake cleaned itself up. You see, that's because it's good. Don't worry about offending Mother Nature. She didn't do a blessed thing. It was God that created, and He created it in such a way that it has this quality or condition of being good. It's good because God made it that way. And He says when the Holy Spirit lives within us, and the Holy Spirit produces fruit that He wants us to have that quality or condition of being good. How many of you, when you're goaded, when someone just irritates you, when, when someone pushes your buttons, as we may say, I'm not quite sure how that all interprets, but... Uh, the simple truth is when somebody just gets your goat, I mean, you're just angry. Why is that there? 
because that's what's inside. If you had goodness, what would happen when someone tried to do that? They wouldn't be able to because the quality of goodness would come out. Do you see that? How many of you remember the story of the rich young ruler? He said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, isn't that a great question? But here was Jesus' response. Matthew nineteen seventeen is the one I have in my notes. And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, do you know what Jesus just told him there? He said, why do you call me good? There's only one good. God is good. God is the one that has that essence, uh, that goodness, the quality of being good. And he tells him, if you want to be good, keep the commandments. But what do we know about that statement? There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The commandments are there to teach you that you cannot keep the commandments. Only God has kept his commandments. But if you want goodness, it's got to be the Holy Spirit living in you, producing goodness. You know, sometimes a person, if they are really involved in some... uh, uh, task or something. I, I remember one time I was working uh, on, I used to be a mechanic there at Cleveland Baptist Church and I was working on our uh, truck for Brother Clayton and a, later on a bus and somebody said, if you cut Pete, he bleed diesel fuel. And uh, the whole thing of that is, hey, that's that's what I was doing night and day. I had a uh, engine that weighed 2,500 pounds that needed to be rebuilt so we could get it out of the garage and get Brother Thompson stop being mad at me for taking up all the garage space. And, and so I was rather involved in that task. And, and we have these statements like this, and yet, if you got cut, would goodness come out? Do you see where we're going with that? That's, this is what goodness is. It is the quality, it is the condition, it is being good because you were made that way, just like creation. That's why it says we are new creatures, the old things are passed away. And yes, as new creatures, we can let some of the old stuff get creep back into our life. We are inhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. What we've got to do is we've got to go back and let the Holy Spirit work in us. You see, most religion teaches that you do good things to be good. Isn't that true? But is that statement true? How many bad people do good things? How about Robin Hood? He stole from the rich to give to the poor. Was that a good thing? 
Oh, somebody said, if you were poor, it was. No, no. Do you know what would happen if you took all the money that belonged to all the rich people and gave it to all the poor people? Do you know what we would have? Everybody be poor. That's what would happen. You say, well, couldn't I just try being rich? Well, you read what the Bible says about those that will be rich. I'd rather be poor. How about you? Uh, they fall into many hurtful lusts. They, they destroy themselves. They pierce themselves through. Uh, I knew the story of a man who made his fortune before he turned 40. And I mean, he made such a fortune that he was able to retire and live the life of ease. It destroyed his kids because they didn't know how to work. They'd never seen their dad work a day in his life. And when I met him, he was old, thinking about dying, and so afraid that his kids would steal all his money before he and his wife were able to... I mean, what a life. Let me have a little goodness. I don't need riches. Amen? The Holy Spirit wants to do this. Let's just look at a couple other verses here. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 17 says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, Paul's not giving Timothy final instructions for how for rich people to work out a deal in order to be good enough to get saved. That's not what it's talking about. What it's simply saying here is, if you're trusting in the things you have to get you closer to God, it's not going to work. But if you want that good life that everybody thinks that only the rich people have, put your trust in the living God, which giveth us all things richly to enjoy. That you just do good. What did Paul say about Jesus? I mean, uh, it was Peter. He said, how the God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. That was Peter's summary of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Good is better than what you think. Good is not a C instead of an F. That is not good. There is one good, that is God. He wants us to have that state or quality that our life is about doing good, that when we run into a rough time, when we get cut, as we might say, what comes out instead of anger and vengeance against the person who has tried to hurt us, 
That's why Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to them that despitefully use you. How are you going to do that? Well, I know you hurt me, and I know you just don't like me, but I'm going to do something good for you. I'm going to buy you lunch. Is that what it's talking about? Have you ever had anybody treat you like that? I'll tell you what, I wouldn't eat that food. But when someone truly does good to you, you can't help but accept it. Amen? This is what the Holy Spirit of God wants to do in our lives. In the book of Hebrews, as he's talking about the church, and he's explaining these last few things, closing the chapter of the book of Hebrews, uh, as we call it, God's switchboard, the, the book that connects everything in the Bible. It says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You know, doing good is putting others first. Not because you're trying to earn something, but because you already are that way. That's what goodness is. It says to do good, communicate. That idea of communicate in this passage is talking about sharing fellowship with at the offering plate, actually. It is putting money into God's work. Guess what? That's doing good. But if you bring your gift grudgingly or of necessity, can God bless it? No. you got to get that surrendered heart. Goodness. James 4.17, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. As Peter is describing life, he says, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. This is what God wants us to do with this idea. I'm I'm sorry, I said that all wrong. This is what God wants to do with us, with goodness. He wants to build it in our life. Remember, a tree does not produce fruit for its own benefit. The tree is not made stronger because it produces fruit. It produces fruit for the benefit of those that are around it. A tree can actually be weakened by producing fruit. But when a tree is healthy and naturally going to produce fruit, the tree does not consume the fruit. It is for the benefit of others. The Holy Spirit does not produce these fruit these things, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives for His benefit or for your benefit. It's for the benefit of those around us that the testimony of God will be the same as it was on the day of creation. The sixth day He saw all that He made, that it was very good. Wouldn't you like other people to look at your life and say, Something different about that person. They just, they're just they just a good person. That's the Holy Spirit of God producing goodness in our life. Doesn't happen by accident. But you've got to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do His work. Let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask as we're looking at these fruits of the Spirit that you would give us the ability to investigate your word thoroughly and carefully. But Lord, most of all that we would pray and seek your face that you may produce the fruit of your Spirit in our lives. In your name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, I want you just to take a moment, if you need to come to the altar or just pray at your seat, and we'll get into the, our regular prayer time in just a few moments.